welcome to episode three of Rona Geek Official Podcast. Uh, today, it's just little old me and little old Rob. Yeah. So we're flying just uh, not solo, but what would this be? It's a duality of awesomeness. Du- just duo, I think. Yeah, we're just, just a duo. duo. Yeah. Dynamic duo for today. The main topic, though, uh, pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Avengers 3. So, big deal. That's what's going on right now in the world. The delay, as promised. Yeah, the <laughs> So with with the appropriate delay, uh, yes. so this will be the last podcast you listen to where it is discussed. Uh, I'm sure there was plenty more, plenty more you've heard before this. So I feel like we're doing a good job bringing up the tail end of this, though. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. So the uh, and I haven't read any of the other reviews or anything like that. Well, so. yeah. So what I did because I saw it late in the week, I didn't get to see it the first weekend it was out. I actually put off listening to regular podcasts that I would normally listen to where they would discuss yeah. this. I basically put everything off. I stayed off basically off Facebook for the entire week. I wasn't on there a whole lot. I wasn't really posting on the Ronan Facebook page. I just stayed away. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, no, for sure. It was uh, it was utterly terrifying. Um, my wife uh, Amanda was actually going way out of her way this last week. She looked up the spoilers immediately and <laughs> was tormenting me for for a good portion of the week about uh, who lives and who dies. So she's kept asking, "Well, who do you think? Who do you think dies?" And I'd tell her, and then she'd be like, "Oh, well." We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. It was absolutely savage. Uh, so that that was the uh, the torture state I lived in for the last week. That's fantastic. Uh, it was brutal. It was absolutely brutal. Uh, so I figure we'll kick it off. Uh, we haven't done one of these before, but obviously we want to do a non-spoiler section first, and then we will get into spoilers. I'll make sure to timestamp spoilers for when we get into that. Kicking off non-spoilers then, I absolutely love the movie. What did you think? It was good. It was uh, It was what we needed. For, for for this movie because it, it does it does springboard into another one. I don't think that that's a huge spoiler at this point to say that. Well, um, yeah, so it's already slated like for release in May next right, year. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're not gonna stop making Marvel movies, we all know that. Right. Um, right. It was a cut above. It was what it, where it needed to be, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Infinity War Infinity War is the culmination of the last ten years. Of the yeah. last ten years of Mar- of MCU films. Uh, we just did in the last two episodes, our first two episodes, we did the entire history of the MCU kind of in a nutshell. We gave each movie a breakdown and that was all just leading up to Infinity War, which is a massive, uh, cinematic event and a cinematic achievement, uh, in my eyes anyway. So, and it seems like many of the reviews that I see online, it's running like an 8.6 on Metacritic. I think it's doing very, very well for itself, uh, overall. And, uh, and from what little I have heard, it doesn't seem like it's actually, it's not really polarizing its fans. It's uh, everyone's rejoicing. Yeah, I didn't think about that. So in the same way that like Star Wars did, right? Last yeah. Jedi came out and sort of split the fan fans base. one side or the other, which isn't yeah. necessarily a bad thing as far as marketing is concerned. Uh, certainly, it's not the worst well, thing. Well, it, it keeps like it does keep the uh, conversation going yeah. about your movie, so it gives it that longevity. Though it, it can it can obviously lead to uh, losing quite a few people, I suppose. But I think ultimately. In the case of Star Wars fans, they, they'll keep an eye on what's going on, and mm. they'll come back, given the mm. right content. Uh, but as far as this is concerned, yeah, no, this seemed like it was pretty much what everyone was looking for. Um, and visually, yeah, you're right, stunning. It, it is a little bit harder to say these days, though, uh, when something's, like, gone over and above, because we see so much yeah. stuff now that has, like, this crazy budget. Yeah, I think the scope of the movie was actually pretty incredible. Uh, so we're talking about the scenes that take place, and I don't think it's any secret to talk about, uh, there's a major set piece that takes place on Titan, 
there's a major set piece multiple that took place on Earth, right? Wakanda is even featured in the in the trailers and, and teasers. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot going on everywhere, but it's cool that so many of these places are showcased that we saw from other Marvel movies. Now they're getting tied into one. Right, yeah, and, and it's good too because even people who maybe just didn't want to watch necessarily all the movies leading up to it, uh, they could at least latch on to those points in the movie where they'll see things, familiar faces uh, and familiar... Uh, locations yeah guaranteed your favorite character is in here somewhere whoever that is your favorite character is in here uh everyone gets Mine screen time oh you're wait who's yours oh i like yondu oh <laughs> that's so sad though that's <laughs> yeah. so, sad. so guardians 2 obviously uh so for people who people who haven't seen it you need to see it get all the answers you need so yeah i would say at the at the top of my sort of bulleted list of non-spoiler items would be uh just the strength of thanos as a character uh obviously everyone knows thanos is in this the entire thing has been building up to a confrontation with thanos and the infinity uh and him wielding the infinity gauntlet thanos was incredible uh, i i think the movie placed him front and center in many ways that, that we'll go into in the spoiler section uh but it was just extremely impressive achievement to see an enemy fleshed out in the way that thanos was and also in such a way that he becomes this very complex character in the plot of the movie yeah, I think that was probably one of the most compelling parts about Thanos is that as he kind of describes things to you, it's not a stretch of the imagination to understand where he's coming from. Mm -hmm. And he does a fairly good job of explaining it. And there's a lot of moments, too, when you can really kind of empathize with him because he makes decisions that are hard. Mm -hmm. And like the whole task that he's undertaking is not an easy one. And that kind of shows his resolve, too, because nobody else is doing it that way. Even if it is morally skewed, right? It, the undertaking itself that I think some people will very much kind of attach themselves to can understand the the magnitude that you have to of, of will that you need to, to accomplish that task. Sure, sure. Yeah, his task is absolutely massive. Yeah. Uh, we'll get more into detail into that in, in the spoiler section as well. As far as the other characters goes, I, I found a lot of characters compelling in it. Uh, it was interesting to see characters sort of forced either to the breaking points or to moments where, where they were forced into a dramatic scene, right? Mm -hmm. And to see how, how they acted that out. So you take like Thor, for instance, and his dramatic scenes, just compare that to Thor Ragnarok, you know, which is very lighthearted throughout, right? And it was interesting yeah. to see uh, some of these characters kind of push to their limits, right? In, in terms in terms of dramatic acting. Uh, that was a plus as well. Yeah, actually, I think Ragnarok was one of the more important movies to see going into this one. Oh, yeah. Uh, arguably. Um, especially, well, it picks up seconds after, or yeah. minutes after Thor Ragnarok. And it, and it comes right out of the end of Spider-Man, too, technically. Yeah. The end of Spider-Man comes in, actually, I think, what, maybe like 15 minutes in the movie. That's when the end of Spider-Man, the movie was. Yeah. And then it, and then it went straight That's to, right, that's right. So it's, it's happening. So Spider-Man and Thor Ragnarok would have happened basically concurrent yeah they're simultaneous so, yeah yeah obviously. so spider-man homecoming we're talking about here right yeah and then uh and this is also not extremely soon but somewhat soon it seems like a few months after black panther yeah probably so so because you find so you, you'll find some characters in wakanda you don't expect necessarily which we'll reveal in the spoiler section right so, you do yeah, yeah. so yeah, very very cool uh very very cool way to tie the characters together in wakanda yeah, we talked a little bit about the detail, uh, just just in terms of the the CG in the movie and sort of how the art styles all tie together. Yep. But I thought that the level of detail in in, in uh, Infinity War was it was like borderline insanity. How the attention to detail and how high quality it was. They must have had people working, like on set and, and whatnot, that had such an extraordinary scope to be mm. able to see all of the different things. Because not everything is shot in sequence either. Uh, right. 
Yeah, a lot of true. things are shot out of sequence and then edited together in the proper fashion. Yeah. Uh, saves money for a lot of reasons and whatnot. But there's so many inconsistencies that arise out of mm. doing things like that. To see them strung together so what appears to be flawlessly. I mean, I'll, you have to go through and watch it a few times to, to make sure you catch all of the small things. But it is a feat of strength, let's just call it, <laughs> to be able to do that in such such a clean way. Yeah, I think it was monumental as far as filmmaking goes. So there's, you know, there's been however many, well over a dozen films leading up to this. Mm-hmm. They all They all have like in some ways very distinct art styles and in other ways they also they are all very cohesive but the, this yeah. the avengers movies are the only times when we get to see those things all strung together in any meaningful way and uh it was just really cool to kind of see how impactful it was uh throughout this film yeah so shall yeah. we shall we kill the spoiler free section and give the warning now and just kind of so, dive into it yeah yeah so because yeah we're going on about 10 minutes here so so, okay, we will timestamp this uh, so everyone's aware. I'll, I'll make sure that the timestamp is up and, and easy to find because we're about to get into spoilers here. So we're going to go kind of scene by scene and talk about talk about uh, what happens in the film, uh, who lives, who dies, all that good stuff. Uh, the major plot points will all be discussed as well as we can remember it because we, yeah. we don't have a copy or anything like that. So I guess I'll kick it off just by asking you, who did you think would die before you saw the movie? I called... I think because we kind of we kind of covered this a little bit, but I think uh, if I recall correctly, I called out Vision was going to go. Right. I called out Captain uh, America okay. and Iron Man. Those three I thought were going to be gone. I thought other maybe lower tier characters might go missing, without saying anything concerning that. I mean, this is the spoiler section, but not the, not the sheer amount of people. Yeah. The volume yeah. of people that we lost was insane it was it was uh they definitely went for disturbing and obviously we all know this is a comic book movie we all know that a comic book movie in the future can always retcon characters from before they can always bring them back right yeah so but they definitely went for just sheer scale of shock in in infinity war which i think some people you know will will probably put some people off ultimately uh but for people who are already engaged in comic book and comic book culture i think this is nothing new so we've seen similar items happen before in the past but i went and looked up the both infinity war uh runs in the comics because i didn't read them originally when they came out but i didn't get the sense that uh the scale of who they killed off in either one of those was nearly as great as what they just did in the mcu yeah which is that's fantastic though at the same time you know let's tackle everything leading up to that scene up to the death scene. Yeah, yeah. And, and then we'll... Because that's... The it, culling. The, yeah, the culling is, yeah. is a great way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah, the, we need to cut back financially on all these actors we're paying for. So. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, if they if they just if they just killed off, like, Tony Stark, though, they would have saved, like, 50 million bucks a movie, so... Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a drop <laughs> in the bucket. Yeah. So, uh, okay, so we'll kick it off uh, scene by scene, then. It begins on the Asgardian ship. So this is the escape ship from Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, the Exodus. Uh, yep, the yeah. Exodus, yeah. Right away we see Thor, Thanos. Uh, the gate. I can't remember the gatekeeper's name. The guy who has the sword. Heimdall. Heimdall, yeah. Played by Idris Elba. Yep, so yeah. Heimdall's there. Did I say Loki? Okay, well, yeah, Loki is there. Loki is there, Tom Hiddleston, right? So he's yeah. the only one who's sort of not defeated yet. He's up moving around. Uh, Thanos is there along with the uh, Black Order or Thanos children. So this is... Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Proxima Midnight, Ebony Maw, all those guys. And then there's a lot of dead-ass Guardians. A lot. Pretty much all of them. <laughs> Pretty much all of them. That was indeed at the end of Thor Ragnarok Thanos' ship that they come up to. 
Uh, <laughs> Could you imagine watching that sequence? It's like, oh, they all lived. It's all happy. And then it's like, nah. Yeah. It was <laughs> that next opening scene would be that. In fact, like Korg, the rock guy played by Taika Waititi in Thor Ragnarok, he was nowhere to be seen. So yeah. so it's assumed that either he's A, dead, or B, was able to escape on a escape vessel of some sort. Yeah, I'm thinking that, I mean, there was a lead up, I'm sure, to that whole scene. Some people may have abandoned ship, but I get the feeling like ultimately pretty much everyone that was on board died yeah that didn't have the name that started with and ended with or yeah uh, <laughs> your story checks out which is unfortunate because uh loki oh man such yeah. a fun character yeah so what we're referring to is loki while he redeems himself in trying to save his brother uh, by giving up the... He has the Tesseract, right? Is that yeah. what they have? Yeah. yeah. So he has the Tesseract in his possession, uh, which is obviously, you know, encasing an Infinity Stone, which which Thanos wants. Uh, Thanos knows he has access to this, whether he has it on him or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's torturing and about to kill Thor uh, in an effort to get the stone from him. And uh, Loki says, fine, go ahead and kill him. But then he recants as he sees Thor being tortured to death. And yeah, he is, over the like Thanos, Thanos is clearly calling his bluff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Well, and, and this is the first instance we see of, okay, Thanos has thought many steps ahead. And, yes. and he's also smarter than Loki, to some extent, I believe. I would argue, he, yeah. yeah. Like, Loki's a fantastic trickster, but I think Thanos is, in many ways, he's got a very large view. Yeah. Like he's a, like he's a uh, strategist. Yeah, and it makes sense in the scene to me. I was thinking about it. It actually makes sense now why Thanos set back for the whole of the MCU so far. Because he was watching, he was learning, he was anticipating moves, he was understanding how each hero calculates yeah. each of their next moves, right? And and so obviously when he sees Loki standing in front of him, the great trickster god, yeah. right? He knows that, he knows that he's this guy is going to... Yeah, 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 yeah. So he understood that. So Loki dies. <laughs> so pretty Sadness. quickly. That's, a, that's the first death. And it is savage. <laughs> like It is. He gets choked out to death by Thanos. Quite literally. Oh, yeah. it was absolutely brutal to watch. Just yeah. being... Man. Yeah. And then, and then uh, at that moment, too, it looked like we lost Thor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for, so for he looked bit. like he was done for. He looked yeah. like he was done for. Uh, so Heimdall dies because he... Sends away uh, Banner. Yeah, Bruce Banner. Uh, right before that, Bruce Banner was the Hulk, and, and the Hulk was just made to look... Oh, he was tossed around. Like a weakling, man. He, uh, he, he got his ass handed to him. It was very reminiscent of when uh, the Hulk did that to Loki, where he smashes him around... And like just like completely. They said something too. He said we have a Hulk. Yeah. Hulk comes running in, but Thanos actually takes him on one on one and makes pretty quick work of the Hulk. Yeah. So which kind of just kind of goes to show the this guy is not just got have the brains and the drive, but he's got the strength to back it up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So he absolutely puts Banner slash Hulk down. Uh, In his dying breath, Heimdall sends uh, Bruce Banner back to. Uh, Earth as the Hulk using, he's able to somehow summon the Bifrost with dark magic, and and it was able to summon the Bifrost to send him back. There, there was actually a really neat part of that too, that we find out Thanos already has one of the stones at this point. Yeah. At the beginning of it, he's already had, he's already ahead of the game. We find out that the Nova Corps has essentially fallen. Yes. Because they were trying to protect. Yeah, it. we find out Xandar is toast. It, it's toasted. Yeah. yeah. Completely. Yeah. So that is neat, and that definitely ties into the end after credits. Sure does. I would, I and so in the fr- in the very first scene, we find out Xandar has fallen, so the yes. Nova Corps is done for. Well, or at least crippled. Or or at least crippled. We find out Loki gets killed, Heimdall gets killed, Thor is basically out of commission. Yeah. Bruce Banner slash the Hulk is already beaten. 
All the Asgardians on the ship appear to be dead. If that, that, that's had probably the, the end of the Asgardians, at least the ones that were on the X. Right, and uh, and that's just the first scene. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's it. This is like welcome, ten minutes of the movie. Welcome, welcome to like the most harrowing Marvel universe experience you'll oh, experience. God. <laughs> it was absolutely brutal. Um, and what happened after that? Where we go to? We so basically, it shows Hulk slash Banner landing on Earth, and he actually lands inside. What oh, is it? right, the New the York sa- Sanctuary. Right? Yeah, the New York Sanctuary for Doctor Strange and Wong. So, so which the Wong was there? I was oh, so happy that he was in there. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. Yeah, is what is is it? His name Benedict Wong. I don't recall. Yeah, his his actual name in real life, his last name is Wong. I, I, I think his first name is Benedict. I want to say. I like honestly don't I should I should know. Yeah. I should know that answer, yeah. but I don't. We'll look it up. We'll look it up. And uh, so that's where he lands, is in, in the New York uh, safe house, basically, the New York sanctuary. So they find out right away that it's Banner. Uh, he's uh, Tony Stark is already there because he's been arguing with Doctor Strange about what the right thing is to do here. Uh, and I can't remember why. Why were they arguing? Hold on. Was Stark already there when Hulk? Wow, I can't remember. Yeah, well, he was or he wasn't. <laughs> That's true. So how how well, he, gets there, he gets there quickly anyway. Yeah. Oh, you know, what? I think they call him because Banner arrives. Maybe that's why they're having sort of a, a an argument about what to do about this. And a, as they're having this argument, they see out through the window, right? So here's you know here's uh, Doctor Strange, Wong. Uh, <laughs> we have Bruce Banner in there. We have Tony Stark in there, and then they see some there's some sort of scuffle happening outside. Uh, these high winds picking up or whatever. They go outside and find out that the what's actually happening is like some sort of alien invasion. There's a UFO uh, hovering above the city, uh, above New York City. Yeah, and that's the uh, that's the closing scene for Spider-Man: Homecoming. We actually because uh, that's when the sh- uh, ship's coming down, and that's where was Peter that in the up. after credit scene in Homecoming? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 Oh, so that's exactly the moment. Wow. Yeah. So then, uh, so of course, Spider-Man sees that too. So he kind of gets on the move. See what's going on. Right? Yeah. He's a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah. So so he's obviously heavily engaged in trying to, to, to help Tony Stark the whole time, which is kind of his motivating factor. Yeah. He's a, he's a huge fanboy of Stark. I think all of the, all of the superheroes, they, oh, man, the guy who plays Spider-Man delivered some fantastic lines. No, Tom Holland was yeah. spot on throughout the movie. Yeah. So absolutely spot on <laughs> as, as we've come to expect from him. Uh, from Civil War and Homecoming, yeah, he's uh, probably the best incarnation of Spider-Man we've had. Yeah, at least the most. I would definitely say the most entertaining. The the moment where he's like, "Oh, we're not. We're using our made-up names." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get, we'll get to that joke later. Yeah. We, we have to talk about the jokes too as we go through because they are extremely good. So they go out outside, awaiting. They have two of the children of Thanos. Yes. So they're fighting Cole Obsidian. Uh, and Ebony Maw. So Ebony Maw it has psionic powers. Uh, he's able to move things with his mind, right? right. Uh, a lot of things, in fact. And he seems very, very efficient at doing this, yes. uh, like a very powerful psionic. And then a Cole Obsidian, who's basically like the bad alien version of Hulk. 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 Yeah. So they go out to battle them on the streets of Manhattan. So this is Doctor Strange and Wong using magic. Tony Stark uh, with his uh, nanite suit. So it makes its first appearance, which is extremely impressive. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, uh, so he obviously has the uh, the arc reactor back in his chest. And it's mm-hmm. to power the nanite suit. So is right. what we find out. Yeah. Uh, so they have this battle in the streets. Extremely cool battle. Yeah. Uh, th- this is right in line with all the other kind of epic scale fights that we see in the Marvel universe, especially in the Avengers movies. Yeah. I mean, of course there was the first battle for New York, which was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And it was very in line with that. 
Yeah, I think uh, in this battle there was... I like that they used the magic. I like that Tony Stark had his first experience with the magic, right? So he's seeing this happen in front of him. Right. He refers he refers to the situation happening. You know, Peter Parker swoops in. He's like, well, what's happening? He's like, oh, we're trying to protect this magician and his magic rock or something or his yeah. magic necklace or something to that extent. Yeah. Just because it's an over-the-top situation and, and I like that they're able to diffuse uh, some of the tension by just saying, well, this is what's happening. They it does sound ridiculous. They, they acknowledge the obscene nature of yeah. that, that they kind of almost face on the day-to-day. Right, yeah. yeah. It was, uh, and, and the battle was pretty savage. Cole Obsidian ends up losing a hand because Doctor Strange tosses him into, or Wong, maybe tosses him into one of those transport holes that they make using magic, and he ends up in some snowy area, and he tries to jump up back through the hole, and then he and loses a hand it. it closes on him. Yeah. 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 So we see one of his nasty hands get tossed out. So Ebony Ma does ultimately capture Doctor Strange after they battle a bit, and Doctor Strange has placed a, uh, a spell to protect the Eye of Agamotto, which hangs around his neck, which, right. as we all know, which is a time stone. Yep. So Ebony Ma does end up capturing him and taking him off in outer space, and there are two stowaways who end up on that ship. Right, which is, of so. course, Iron Man and Spider-Man in his pseudo-Spider-Man Iron Man suit. Yeah, yeah, the Iron Spider suit. The, the pseudo-Iron Spider suit, that's yeah. right. Oh, and uh, Doctor Strange's cape is the third stowaway. Oh, yeah. Which fair. is apparently that's... fully sentient now. In... I mean, it kind of—I think it always was. Yeah, yeah. I think like all, all of the relics in the in the Doctor Strange universe have some form of sentience to them. Yeah, at least like because a personality. They, yeah, because they they choose the person. Remember, that's what uh, sure. he talks about. He's like, oh, the relic chooses the. Uh, sure. They look like Harry Potter wands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was it was that, that. So there's some pretty good jokes that come out of that. Just them of course, sort of running into it and being surprised by this sentient cape flying around. So there's still ways in the ship. Uh, then we cut to Scotland. And we find uh, Wanda Maximoff, who is Scarlet Witch, hanging out with uh, the Vision. Yeah, so very strange relationship. It seemed physical in tone. Uh, There was some touching. There was some kissing going on. Uh, Clearly uh, a romantic pairing. (laughs) Sorry, I read read the notes. and I'm going to totally call it out on this. Yeah, go for it. (laughs) The, uh, the, yeah, that's a Vision... The vision question, right? Yeah. Does he have a Does he have a robotic penis? Yeah, that's that's what everybody wants to know. That's yeah, what all that's, the ladies are wondering. That, that is the that is the pressing question. Yeah. The uh, so so yeah. The note specifically, uh, I, I ask questions, a lot of questions. So she's with the vision question mark. The relationship relationship seemed physical, kissing, touching. How does that work? They made him an android man penis. Uh, which sentient mind is he using when he and Wanda are doing their thing? Is he Jarvis? <laughs> Is this Jarvis? <laughs> like, no, living it's, through... It's probably Ultron. It's, <laughs> it's probably Ultron. Um, no, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, they, they make a lot of mentions to that whole Vision's mind, how that works in this movie. Yeah, so so Vision's mind is overlaid with uh, some of Tony Stark, some of Jarvis, some of Ultron. Some of and Banner. Then some of Banner, yeah, and then also some of the Infinity Stone, the, the Mind Stone that's implanted right, in has, his head. Right, has done who knows what. Yeah. Right. So the question is, you know, whatever he's saying, whatever he's doing, where does his intrinsic motivation lie in doing that? Which, I which think sort it's probably, of it's probably a, a, just a culmination of all of them, ultimately, right, right. is really what it is. But, I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to think of, like, which mind kind of pilots which part of his life. Yeah. Now, we were introduced earlier to the other two children of Thanos, but in this scene, we actually have two more show up. We have uh, Proxima Midnight, who's the big spear-wielding lady, uh, yep. and, then, and then Corvus Glaive, who's like, he looks like a, sort of a goblin orc-type character. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he's sort of a sneaky, shadowy guy. So we find uh, Wanda, a.k.a. Scarlet Witch, 
mm-hmm. although they don't use that name, and uh, and the vision in the street, sort of going for an evening stroll, and then Corvus Glaive comes out of nowhere and basically stabs Vision uh, with some sort of weapon and, right. and injures yep. him. Right. Yeah. So he's going down. Immediately, Wanda kicks off into fight mode. It's actually a pretty cool fight. She's yeah. clearly uh, mastered her powers at this point. Yeah. No, I, we see that throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Uh, she's got one of the coolest powers, in my opinion. Oh my gosh! It's like psionics meets magic meets just telekinesis. Yeah. It's, like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It, they never really go into, um, at least not in the movies, where her power really stems from. But you can clearly tell it is like some kind of pseudo either magic or psionic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in nature yeah and i like that they leave that up to the viewer to kind of Argue. decide for themselves yeah yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it's not a necessary detail no it's not it's, it's something for people to get high on their couch and argue with their friends about it's <laughs> so absolutely yeah absolutely uh or like dr strange's magic powers like we understand that a lot of the power comes from you know parallel dimensions and things like that but they don't yeah they, they never they never clearly define it so in such a way as we can see that there's a way that it ends or it begins or anything like that. It's just there. It's just a part of it and it's accepted. Yeah. It's well, I mean, a lot of this kind of has to be left vague. So that has a a stem of believability, right? Because when they leave something vague enough, people will kind of latch onto what they think is logical and snap it in and then they can make peace with that and move on. Yeah. One idea I thought about Scarlet Witch is so when she uses her powers, that sort of manifest is uh, this reddish glow and I was right. thinking, well, the reality stone is also red. Now, she's not changing what people see like how the reality stone is used but in Infinity a, War. But she is kind of uh, affecting reality. Yeah, yeah. So That's I, a cool theory. I, I just connected it when I saw this because I didn't realize that it was actually the red stone that was reality until I saw Thanos use it. Right, yeah. yeah. That's a cool way of looking at it. So maybe the Infinity Stones are manifesting and helping create some well, of this power. Well, I mean, they're, they're kind of like they, they're kind of like the tenants of the. Or, universe, or you take right? you take the the magicians, so Strange and Wong, and then when they use their powers, it manifests as orange. Oh, but the Ag- Agamotto was green, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, the time, time stone yeah. is green. Yeah. So what was I don't. The... There is an orange one. Is it space? Yeah. No. Yeah. Is it? I think so. The space stone. So maybe that has something to do with it, and the infinity stones are manifesting. Maybe these... that it, it's a it, that's a, yeah, it's something cool to watch and yeah. see. Yeah. What stems from what? So they fight. Um, they're actually about to get beaten by Proxima Midnight and Corvus Glaive. I actually know Proxima Midnight at this point because Corvus Glaive has been injured. Uh, so right. Proxima Midnight almost defeats them, and and then a shadowy figure shows up across a train platform, and then she tosses the spear at him. He catches, and then he steps into the light, and it is. Captain America, aka Steve Rogers, no shield, no shield. <laughs> so he is he has been on the lamb for years at this point in regards to Civil War, and he looks disheveled. He looks disheveled. He's got he's got the beard. He's still got Hollywood hair, man. You better believe it. It looks good, uh, but he, the, the beard definitely makes him look a little bit battle worn. I would say. Yeah, the Captain we have in this one is not as plucky as he's been in past movies not as optimistic he seems to deal a lot more in like a jaded veteran style than he he, used to like jaded yeah he's he's encountered the the worst not just in humanity but in his own countrymen yeah right so he's been he was betrayed by the country that he laid down his life back in world war ii to protect basically right but we don't really see him as the leader in this one whereas uh, we see more black panther step up to the plate right uh, obviously iron man yeah and um of course, Strange. Right. Who else really takes on a leading role in this? Not, um, well, I suppose you could argue Quill. To a yeah. Degree. To, to a degree. To a degree, I mean, yeah. he's kind of doing his own thing. Yeah, yeah there, there's an interesting team up between Rocket Raccoon, Groot, Teenage Groot, and Thor, which yeah. we'll get to. 
Yeah. Um, so, so I guess they, through these team-ups, maybe they're just each taking a different kind of leadership role, but certainly yeah. not Captain America because he's almost just sort of going along with T'Challa's plan and Shuri. Yeah. Uh, sort of their plan to, to get right. the stone from, from the vision to try and save him and destroy the stone in the, in the process. So yeah, he shows up in Scotland with uh, with Falcon and with Black Widow. And and she kicks Proxima Midnight's ass. Yes. Like, she just absolutely hands it to her, which is great to see because mm-hmm. you always wonder, well, what about the non-superhero, or not the non-superpowered heroes? You know, how, how, how good are they? How can they affect this, right? And then you see, like, someone like Black Widow come in and just dominate. Yep. Widow comes in, she... She puts down a world of hurt as per <laughs> usual with her, though. Yeah. She's not really like a grand scope character. She doesn't have a lot of uh, effect on a, a large area or a large number of bad guys. But if there's like one to a few mm-hmm, to focus mm-hmm. on, she comes through just Yeah, fine. she's extremely competent. And, yeah. and I like that that's how she comes off. So they're they're about to kill Proxima Midnight and, uh, and, and Corvus Glaive, but they escape, head back to their ship. Yep. Uh, to get out of there. And then, uh, so after this, they determine that they need to get the Vision, who's injured, to a safe place for help. And the first place they recommend going, or I guess uh, Steve Rogers recommends going, is back home to the U.S., to the Avengers headquarters. And that's where they go. Yeah, and yeah. that didn't work out near as well. Yeah, it did not work out at all, as a matter of fact. So there we find uh, Rhodey. Is there anybody else there? Bruce Banner's there. Yeah. So they reunite Banner with Banner. Yeah. yeah. So the, And they haven't seen Bruce Banner since the end of... Or since the middle of Avengers, two. Well, yeah, it's at the end. He's uh, flying away. Yeah. yeah, so so he's flying away in the ship, and and that's what took him to Sakaar. Uh, right, which from there, yeah, through yeah, Ragnarok, Thor Ragnarok, which yeah, was yeah. fantastic. So Vision is injured. They Bruce Banner determines that he doesn't have the the ability to remove the stone from the Vision's head and also heal him. Uh, so they have to find someone who can. Yeah. And then maybe yeah. it's also Cap who suggests Wakanda? Uh, I don't remember where the suggestion came from precisely. I think it is Cap, though. But we definitely have some neat things that we're starting to figure out at that point. Is that at that point where we can start to see that Banner's lost touch with the Hulk? Or is that just just after that? Yeah, well, he's already seemingly very sort of despondent and, and mm-hmm. I don't know, he, he's definitely been affected by the events in Thor Ragnarok and the fact that he was Hulk for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but no, I don't think we've seen yet that he can't, for instance, change yeah, that into just, the Hulk. That just that happens later on. Right, that happens later on and quite a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, oh, speaking of, there's a funny scene we didn't mention earlier when Banner is with uh, Strange and Wong and, and Tony Stark in New York City, and he's trying to change into the Hulk oh, to battle. Yes. So yeah, uh, Obsidian, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then we see him trying to change, and you see the green come up in his neck, and then and then immediately flares down, and Tony's standing there saying like, you know, quit embarrassing me, like yeah. quit embarrassing me in front of these guys, just <laughs> in change the, in front of the wizard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then we also see throughout these couple of scenes that that uh, Bruce Banner is talking to the Hulk like a like a secondary character. Right. Yeah. So, so that's it's the another, relationship. It's another sentience. Yeah, yeah. Him, yeah. It's the relationship that he's developed with him, and then and, and the Hulk is basically is actively telling him no as he tries to change now. Yeah. So he's trying to change, and it, look, you can tell there's frustration or some sort of you know build up. Well, the and anger's then, there, and then the Hulk comes out and just says no. Yeah, and then goes away. <laughs> yeah, and then goes away, and then he's left with nothing. That's kind of neat though, because it's always been this whole thing where the Hulk is always trying to get out, and Banner's got to find a way to control him. Right. And now it's like flipped its head. When yeah. now the Hulk is like, no, I don't want to help you. Screw you. Man. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, like, I'm not going to be your pawn in this game. I want to go out when I go. Out. Right. So presumably the Hulk has his own motivations and his motivation for the longest time 
up through Thor Ragnarok was just to battle the bigger, stronger thing that he yeah. could find, right? So the bigger, the better, right? And yeah. and then that was kind of a running theme through Thor Ragnarok. And at this point, he doesn't want to battle at all, it seems. It seems like uh, maybe losing to Thanos. Bruised maybe that was it. Hulk's ego. Maybe because, that was it. Because he was out yeah. fighting Thanos. Yeah. And then he just, he never shows up after that. Right. I mean, I guess the reason on in Ragnarok, why he was able to stay in Hulk form on Sakaar is because he was very purposeful as the Hulk because they were yeah. using him for combat and they were worshiping him. And, and Well, he was, he was also kind of like learning how to suppress Banner, I think a little bit better. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So the complete opposite. Yeah. Right? learning how to suppress Banner then. So, so until we get to the tandem, those characters are going to be in that mode what they're currently in right now. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, so, so we get that they decide to go to Wakanda and, and go along with uh, T'Challa and Shuri who Shuri is the sister. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And a lot and, happens there. Yeah, and and yeah, this is a huge portion of the movie. Then, so we'll jump to instead of going straight to Wakanda, though, we'll jump back into outer space uh, for the Guardians, right? Because <laughs> that cut specifically, the Guardians cut. Yeah, you knew exactly what was happening. There was a star field, and then you just heard the music, and you're like, "Yep, there's Guardians." It's Guardians. Yeah, and, and then it comes on. They're all singing uh, some oldie song. Yeah, like of course, sixties or seventies song together. Whatever's on the Zune. Yeah, in ten. <laughs> In tandem. Oh, that's right. They got a Zune, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was like a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> he got it from uh, the se- second in command of the Ravagers. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. amazing. That yeah. it was a Zune and not an iPod. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we find them. Uh, they're answering a distress call from the Asgardian ship. Yeah, and that's where, of course, then they go and pick up uh, Thor. Yep. Who be, who just smacks against their windshield. Yeah, like <laughs> that's a That's how they find him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So there's a lot of dead Asgardians floating around. It's so yeah. very disturbing. And I like that whole conversation of... Because we never really... The Guardians of the Galaxy are in that weird space where they are constantly motivated by greed. But they right. always end up doing the good thing at the end of the day. Right. Because they just essentially feel bad or obligated. that They're like, okay, well, we're going to fix this thing and we'll get, figure out getting paid afterwards. Yeah, so that's what they're saying. And then, yeah. and then Star-Lord's... He, he's telling Drax, oh, no, if the guy doesn't pay us for coming to help him, then we'll just take his ship. And then he looks down at Gomorrah, and he's sort of shaking his head like, no, I, I won't do that. Yeah. <laughs> but, yes, there, there's a funny exchange going on there. So they find Thor, and this is this is probably the first, I would say, majorly comedic moment in the movie, because they get they get Thor in the ship, and yes. he's laying on this table, and they're just sort of marveling at this guy. I don't, I don't know if they've never seen an Asgardian or they've yeah. never seen a god uh, but Thor's <laughs> on this table and, and so Gamora's like admiring his muscles yeah and, uh, and so is Drax Drax is like what do you call him an angel <laughs> or something like that angel warrior or something like yeah. that yeah yeah it was amazing <laughs> so Drax is amazed by him Gamora's yeah. amazed by him uh, Quill immediately uh, feels inferior, uh, and then and then, oh, start, yeah. and then they play on that in, tr- in true jealous Quill fashion. Yeah, of like, yeah, of course I'm the best. Yeah, and he made it as yeah. petty as possible. Oh yeah, yeah. And, it, and that kind of <laughs> continued throughout pretty much the whole movie. Yeah, but they insult in this scene. They also like insult his weight, saying that he's put on weight, and and that you know this guy just looks so good. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, Thor wakes up. He's trying to get his uh, get his way off the ship because he wants to go make a new weapon. And then uh, at this forge, yeah, which we'll get to in a bit. We've lost Mjolnir at this point. Yeah, so Mjolnir's been gone uh, since the beginning of Thor Ragnarok. Uh, so yeah. he's ready to make a new weapon. Uh, he has to go to this star forge to do that. Uh, so he's trying to get off the ship, and, and, and Quill is sort of putting his foot down. But the way he does it is by mimicking Thor's deep voice. <laughs> so he's yeah. saying, like, you <laughs> shall not... Leave my ship, yeah. and then and then uh, I think it's Rocket. Like, why is your voice getting all deep? 
He's like, what? This is my regular voice. And he's talking like uh, Chris Hemsworth is Thor. Yeah. And then he tries to like start leading. And he's like, see, he's copying me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was so good, man. Yeah, it, was it was fantastic. so good. Yeah. So the Guardians, thankfully, bringing in token uh, comedy back into this thing, uh, which it desperately needed at this point because there was so much that happened that was already pretty brutal. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the one thing that Marvel movies tend to do. They give you a lot of levity with a lot of the... Um, trauma essentially that you experience yeah. at, the, at the situations at hand yeah and very this, very disarming this, this movie wields trauma like a weapon <laughs> yeah oh my god uh against the viewer yeah of course of course um, so you guys are fans right we're gonna we're just gonna stab you here in the heart don't yeah we? and i'll keep watching though i've yeah, paid yeah, money yeah. at this point so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm all in so they decide that uh this is where Rocket and Teenage Groot, who's hilarious, and uh, and Thor break yep. off to go forge his new weapon. Yep. Uh, so they do their own thing, and then uh, and then the rest of the Guardians actually decide to go to nowhere uh, to try and find the Collector because allegedly he has in his possession one of the stones. He has the Reality Stone in his possession. Right. Which it turns out he does. Yes. Well, because and we did know that if you watch the end of Thor two, you actually see them selling it to the collector oh. for safekeeping. Oh, okay. Yeah, and okay. actually, that's the neat thing about that, too, was that originally that's where we saw the cocoon for Adam Warlock. Yeah. That was, actually, that was actually cut. That was so, on the cutting room floor. It was actually in Guardians 1, though. I'm pretty sure the cocoon was featured in Guardians 1. It was in the background in uh, Talon's... I think, it, I think it was in the background. It yeah. was there. But the thing is, though, they clearly moved away from it. Like, it was teased, yeah. but they decided to go a different way because at the end of Guardians 2, we have... Uh, I can't remember for the life of me the race that has the Cornix batteries, which is sad that I can oh, remember the, the, the name. Sovereign or whatever. Yeah, the, the Sovereign. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How do I memorize the name of the stupid batteries they make? But I can't remember the name. Of the I know, species. right? I, I just keep calling them magic batteries. <laughs> yeah. it was my reference. Um, the leader of the Sovereign is uh, making the perfect thing to f- go up against the Guardians, which is they she calls him Adam. Yeah. So I guess in Guardians, maybe that was just in there as like an Easter egg. And then we all kind of saw it, but it's not officially canon as of that film yet. But Guardians 3 is almost certainly going to have to deal with Adam Warlock. Because Adam Warlock also uh, is able to move between uh, reality and... I can't remember what it's called. Well, he's powered by the reality stone. Yeah, he's powered... Well, he's actually able to to, to travel into the land of the Soul Stone. Sort of the land of the dead or... or, Right. Yeah, so he's able to actually move between realities right mm-hmm. and uh and therefore it makes perfect sense that he would show up in uh guardians 3 for reasons that we'll get into in a little bit here yeah because he's able to do all that so they end up in nowhere again which is the big sl- floating celestial skull that was featured yep. in the first two guardians of the galaxy they do find thanos in there and thanos is already uh he's actually demolished the place yeah 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 he's, he's actually putting but, on a show but you don't know that because it all looks fine yeah so it's not it's not until the guardians reveal themselves you know sort of by being bumbling idiots that all of a sudden it's revealed to them that this place is already completely destroyed yeah he's already a couple steps ahead of them like not only that too he's he's putting on the show where he's arguing with the collector like he doesn't have it yet yes stone. and it's not even the collector yeah um, it's it, this is the reality stone affecting their perception of what's happening which is interesting to consider did the collector die they never they never truly reveal that Presumably, yes. I'm gonna he argue. Did yeah. I'm gonna argue that he died, but given the given the scope and tenor of this film, I would say he died, <laughs> as everyone did. I'm not sure if he can properly die. Can he? I'm not sure. Maybe he went to Sakaar with his brother, the Grandmaster. Maybe. Yeah. They mm-hmm. retreated, lost the stone, though. Yeah. 
It's possible. So, yeah, so he, he must have just left it because he knew Thanos was coming for it. So either either way, Thanos does have the reality yeah, stone at this point. Yeah, what matters here is that Thanos has it. Yeah, and they do, uh, so Gamora kills some fake version of Thanos that's produced by the reality stone, and then it's revealed that Thanos is actually alive and fine. Yeah. Uh, and he kidnaps Gamora, who just before this scene had asked Peter Quill uh, to kill her should she get kidnapped. Uh, by Thanos because she's already thinking a couple steps ahead how yep. he can use her and I don't think she wants to be his pawn again. Peter Quill ends up trying to go through with it but his bullets become bubbles Yeah, uh, due to the reality stone. Which that whole scene was uh, that was rough. Like you could brutal. tell Quill was in, in like pain but I, I do like that they had him actually shoot as opposed to most shows where it's like he just can't bring himself to right, do it. Right, right. Like he, he understood the gravity and because of that could do it but he struggled for it. Mm-hmm like to get to that point well and she had a point because if so he did go through with it obviously although it was affected by the reality stone so um, yeah essentially ineffective by that yeah. and then and then what we come to find out later is that uh gamora is 100 percent necessary uh in getting the soul stone so thanos yes. has to use her as a pawn to get the soul stone so yeah he gets out of there with the reality stone the guardians uh are down a member at this point uh and that's where we leave them then we end up on ebony ma's ship uh, and he's the only one on there. I don't think Cole Obsidian is on there. Or, yeah, because that's who he was fighting with. I don't think Cole Obsidian is on there at this point. But they're, they they have to find a way to save Strange. So this is right. Tony and Peter and Doctor Strange's cape. So I have to find a way to save Strange. Peter brings up, hey, do you ever see this old movie Alien? And then yeah. he says, yeah. And then so what they end up doing is blasting a hole in the side of the ship and sucking Ebony Maw out. Right. And he freezes to death, uh, apparently. Which is what happens. And then Tony uses some sort of nanite technology to patch up the ship before yeah. all the rest of them get sucked out. So, good scene. Uh, yep. I mean, uh, it was a, an interesting, definitely entertaining on the course of what Spider-Man does. Because he brings up old movies yeah. that to, in his mind Pop are culture like, references, yeah, yeah. ancient movies to him. Of course, to most people, they full well have seen them. Right, right. Yeah, he refers um, to it as, did you ever see this old movie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, good strategy. They end up of course, uh, getting back strange at that point. That's when they uh, end up going to, toward Titan, right? Yeah. Well, they so they've taken control of, I guess, their destiny, but not the ship. They don't know how to control the ship. So the ship's already on course for somewhere. So they're just along for the ride. Right. And they do end up on Titan, uh, where they find out that it also doesn't have autopilot to land. So they end up crash landing on Titan. Yes. Uh, and then are immediately set upon uh, by the Guardians. So clearly Drax slash Peter Quill... Uh, slash was Nebula there? I believe so at this point. No, Nebula was, uh, she was still... Oh, yeah, yeah, she was still, yeah, she was still on Thanos' ship, yeah. And then, uh, so apparently, though, the Guardians know, know where, uh... Oh, Mantis was there. Mantis was there. Mantis was there, So, and then they set upon, uh, the guys in the ship, and then after, like, sort of a A standoff situation... Yeah, 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 they find out that they're all there to, to grab, to get Thanos, right? Yeah. So they kind of... The, the most shaky alliance has ever been the, the worst possible alliance. So you have, you know, Quill as a leader trying to team up with Tony Stark as a leader, and then Doctor Strange, who just Who's doesn't a, give a shit about what they want to do. Well, the thing is that he also leads the order that protects Earth. Right. right? So, like, point now he's Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he is, so he feels like he doesn't answer to any to them, of them. Yeah, because he, he deals with all of the mystic threats, and he's like, okay, this is, like, a, obviously one of the biggest threats to Earth slash the galaxy he's like you guys are out of your league (laughs) yeah oh we didn't even talk about the best my opinion the best joke in the whole movie when gamora is trying to convince quill to kill her if thanos gets a hold of her when they're back on the ravager ship right yeah the scene is very serious and then then the camera looks away and and there's drax standing there 
with a bag of chips or something. Oh, eating. yeah. And then they say, Drax, how long have you been standing there? And he just says, an hour. <laughs> like, And they're like, what are you doing? He's like, I've mastered the art of remaining still to the point where you can no longer see me. Yeah. So, but he's, he's slowly he's eating, eating a chip, chip and they're like, well, we see you eating a chip and then Mantis shows up and is like, hey, Drax, what are you doing? Like, he's yeah, just, he just gives utterly up. defeated, yeah. <laughs> so good. It was so good. So yeah, now they're, now they're on, uh, on, on Titan. Yep. Uh, Thanos uh, has Gomorrah on his ship. He's torturing Nebula. Um, That's and, now we now find Nebula's there. Yeah, yep. and then he uses the torturing of Nebula to get through to Gamora, or to, to basically press her into telling him she knows where the Soul Stone is located. That was harrowing to see Nebula, what Nebula was going through. Uh, it was it was so she's all android apparently. No, mostly. I, I thought she had. She's a cyborg. Yeah, right? I thought she had. Yeah, she's got like the majority of her brain still intact and yeah. some of her organs, but the majority of her body is at this point. Um, essentially been replaced, right? Because every time yeah. that she fought with Gamora, which from what we understand is pretty much consistently throughout yeah. their younger years, uh, she constantly got replaced, uh, parts replaced. Right. And she's trapped in some sort of stasis field uh, that's keeping the parts of her body all separated. Yeah, so the alive. mechanical parts, yeah. but alive. And it's causing her like immense pain when, uh, when, when Thanos separates so. <laughs> yeah. these. Yeah, yeah. So that that's how he's able to get through to Gamora and sort of pressure her into telling him she knows where the Soul Stone is. So they travel to more I forget what the place is called they travel to this planet apparently it's a planet it's a physical place right yeah, yeah. That, that was an interesting character they made up met up with there yeah and then uh, and then like damn it if the Red Skull doesn't show up yeah <laughs> as some sort of like specter and, like, <laughs> like specter slash like keeper of the stone slash like, grim reaper like I don't know ex- exactly yeah, what's like, going on that here that was so bizarre because I, I'm looking at it I'm like Okay, so the Red Skull's on this barren-ass world, and he's now just the keeper of And this. it's freaking Hugo Weaving playing him again. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, this is so out... Like, that was one of the mo- That was almost a moment that took me out of the film, because I was so surprised to see to Red see Skull the- there. Yeah. So I expected him to be some sort of Spectre, or maybe even the Grim Reaper, who is a character in the Marvel Universe. Uh, but no, it turns out to be Red Skull hiding in the shadows. Well, yeah, because, like, isn't the original uh, reason why Thanos is doing this is because he loves death so much? He's, he's obsessed with Grim Reaper. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's bizarre, but uh, this is what's happening. So Red Skull is here. Red Skull explains to Thanos and Gamora on the top of this mountain that for him to obtain the Soul Stone, he has to make a sacrifice of something he loves. This is where Gamora starts laughing her ass off at Thanos. Because she doesn't uh, And realize. insulting him. Because she's saying, well, you're screwed, basically, because you love nothing. Yeah. Right? And then that's when Thanos turns around and we see a tear trickling yeah. down. And, his then, and, then she, and then she laughs at him because he's crying. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of like the quill rubbing and off he, on her. And, and then, he doesn't crack. No. And the, and the Red Skull obviously sees what's going on and it's like, yep. Yeah, he's about to throw. Oh, there goes with Gamora. <laughs> yeah, Thanos just chucks her right off the freaking cliff. Yeah. Uh, and then, And then, of course. Uh, they show her dead at the bottom because yes. that's what this movie does. It kills your heroes and then shows you in brutal fashion how they died. Yeah. So so now Gamora is dead and yep. Thanos is able to obtain the Soul Stone. Wow. So he's got almost all the stones now. At this he's point. got four out of six, or five out of six at this point. Four because he has, doesn't have the time and he doesn't have the right. Yeah. He so he still have, has to go to Titan to get the time. Yeah. Mind one. Then I guess the next big scene would be the battle on Titan where he, Thanos shows up to confront them. Just before Thanos shows up on Titan, uh, we do see Tony uh, confront uh, Doctor Strange, uh, who seems to be doing a very strange 
sort of meditation or ritual. Yes. And he asks him, well, what, what are you doing? And Dr. Strange reveals that he's observed over 14 million paths of the bad, the ensuing battle that's about to happen. Yeah. And then Tony says, well, how many of those do we win? And he says, one. Right. So there's only one path to victory out of 14 million possible outcomes. Thankfully, they don't have C-3PO there to tell them that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because nobody would take it seriously. Yeah, your odds of winning are 14 million to one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that that's crazy. I think that's like one of the most pivotal points in the movie because you have to realize at this point now... It's like futile. It's, it's futile, but on top of that, anything that happens enacted by Doctor Strange, he knows the only way to that path. Yeah. So you have to imagine from that point on, everything in his mind is planned. Right. He knows what he has to do in order mm-hmm. to enact that one reality. Yeah, and it's it's and we we're talking about this earlier, but it's hard to even tell like what he's affecting uh, throughout the ensuing battle and the, the events that happened based on his actions. Yeah. So yeah. he could have been doing things to keep certain people alive at different points in the battle, or making uh, them get hit, or or course. or yeah, or even or even making sure that they were the ones who got knocked down or hit. So he knew that the goal couldn't be to just defeat Thanos, but he goes along with this great plan anyway that that Quill and, <laughs> and, and Stark come up with, with quotations. Uh, yeah, yeah, quote unquote great plan. Uh, so they do team up, uh, the remainder of the Guardians and then Tony, Peter Parker, and, and Doctor Strange, and they actually fight Thanos. It's a freaking amazing battle. Yep. Uh, absolutely incredible. There's so many moving parts happening, and they all work beautifully. There were so many points where I was like, oh man, I hope the mirror dimension gets deployed now. Like, yeah. I was just waiting for like to get like that weird kaleidoscope combat going Oh uh, yeah, like, <laughs> from, like, from the reality stone. Yeah, well, well, not just from the reality stone, but like think about somebody takes the reality stone into the mirror dimension, mm. which we know Strange deploys in order to safely fight. Yeah, but it also gives him a measure of control over the reality yeah. that they're fighting in. So having that be the battleground affected by the reality stone, I think. Mm. Unfortunately, I think that they actually missed out on making an even cooler. They fight. they touched on it a little bit. They touched on it a little bit during the one on one between Strange and Thanos. So yeah. because uh, you know he's doing this duplicity magic attack where he's multiplying himself into many versions of himself, but Thanos quickly disarms that. Uh, the battle between Strange and Thanos, specifically that one on one bout, was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Actually, that's yeah. really the first time. I mean, since the original Doctor Strange, that we see him using any kind of power, specifically like strong power. You know what? Actually, now that I think about it, okay, that's this is kind of weird. So I was just thinking about this during that fight. There is one time where you see Strange throw a spell, and it looks like he is activating the mirror dimension, but it doesn't seem to go off because he uses the Thanos uses the Reality Stone. Oh, is that that? Yeah. So it. Oh, so he did try to. He do keeps. That. He keeps pushing back with the reality stone. But, uh, oh, because I'm wondering if there was some kind of like double switch there, where they actually fell into it for a bit, but he maintained it looking normal. Hmm. That could be neat. That would be interesting. I mean, I think it was pretty clear that it didn't work. Yeah. Yeah, that no, it didn't work. However, however, you know, Doctor Strange does have a lot of tricks up his sleeve. We don't really know what he's capable some of. Strange tactics. Some strange tactics. Yeah. <laughs> some Doctor Strange tactics. Yeah. Yeah, so that battle ends, uh, culminates in Thanos stabbing Tony, who has used all of his power to try and stop Thanos. He ends up, his suit, his nanite suit is actually deconstructing as he's using the very last of his energy from the suit. And well, I think it's just, it's hard, hard, it's having a hard time maintaining integrity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because Thanos is just beating him down so hard. Yeah. Uh, and it gets to the point where he uses the last of his energy to craft a blade out of the suit, and, uh, which, which of course Thanos grabs and then stabs Tony Stark. Yeah. So right in the gut. <laughs> yeah. So. Talk about getting uh, 
stabbed by your own design. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was uh, it was definitely uh, a dramatic moment because it certainly looked like uh, Tony Stark was about to die, but it turns out to be just some minor flesh wound, apparently. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the neat thing, too, about Thanos as a character, is that he's, in these fights, he's never really there to kill anyone. Yeah, like, there's a lot of that's op- what it seems yeah, like. He has a lot of opportunities to kill people, Yeah, but he... He is very dedicated to his path, which is like a dispassionate half. Yeah. He's like, but he almost like he's not even willing to just indulge himself in murder right. with all these other people right. if he doesn't have to. Because he's like, hey, look, we're going to get half by the end of this. Yeah. So we should touch on this now. Uh, so Thanos' motivation is actually, uh, I, I guess, the end result of his motivation is to end half of all life in the universe. Because of the finite resources. Right, but because of finite resources. So because he saw the death of his homeworld Titan happen because of the finite resources. They're basically, they couldn't produce enough food for everyone, enough energy for Overpopulation. Everyone. Yeah, basically just overpopulation. So his goal is almost noble in nature, but the path to achieving the goal is is just absolutely nuts, right? So his idea is to wipe out half of all life universe, which he knows he can do if he obtains all six uh, Infinity Stones and puts them in the gauntlet, right? Yeah, which is is a very interesting way of looking at things, and uh, you know, I probably would have been a little bit more sold on that explanation of like the overpopulation argument. And I mean, that's a that's a real world argument that people make. You know, like the world, hey, we are worried about overpopulation of our planet. Um, but I've watched a lot of things recently that kind of explain contrary to that belief that there is a point where the the uh, any species will plateau. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so it, it, it's interesting. It's a very interesting dynamic. Yeah. I mean, nothing's ever been proven. We haven't gotten to that point yet on our planet, but uh, it's definitely a neat. Yeah. And I guess part of the inherent evil in Thanos choosing to do this then is just the fact that, you know, he won't let fate take its course. Right. right. He decides to take control of it. So, yes. and that's, that's part of the inherent evil in what he's doing. So instead of people. The, the people of many planets being able to sort of determine their own path and their own course. He's deciding. Yeah, yeah. he's deciding for them, right? Yeah. And then and then he he doesn't explicitly say it at any point in the movie, but there's the there's the idea sort of permeating that he sees himself as some sort of god in the making. Uh, so he potentially has a god complex as well. There's an argument to be made for that. I would definitely I would definitely see it. Mm. The thing is though, is that we see what happens at the end of the movie. Yeah. Which at this point we're in the spoiler section, so we know that, you know, the snap of his fingers. But after that, he doesn't keep fighting. Right. He just he just goes and watches the sunrise. Yeah. Which is exactly what he said he was gonna yeah, do. Yeah, it's exactly what he said he was gonna so, do. So it's going to be very crucial, I think, for the next time we see Thanos, mm. that he needs to be executed flawlessly. Yeah. Um, to make him still be believable. Because I'm wondering it's like, is he gonna be a bad guy or is he only bad because he's made this change people are going to try and undo it we should mm. we, we should be able to figure that out by now and that is he only going to be there to try and stop them well i feel like based on this and and the way it's going is maybe they like manage to reverse the damage he's done and then yeah. that is ultimately what pushes him over the edge of just being sheer evil and just going on a rampage and, and yeah. trying to kill them out of anger. I mean, I can see that line. It's like, yeah. you guys are going to settle with half, then right. we'll see how you settle right. when nobody's around. Now, in the comics, I don't know if I should say it or not, in in sort of the original Infinity War storyline. Yeah, sure, because I think, that, yeah. I think that they end up throwing these things through different, different Right, right. Versions. Well, in, in, in the original, it's actually Nebula 
who gets a hold of the Infinity Gauntlet. Yes. And and decides to reverse the damage, right? So uh, so kind of a twist on it, and maybe that's why they left Nebula alive at this point. And then the question will be like, do they yeah do they touch on that in Guardians three or no? Is Guardians three just Adam Warlock? Yeah, that's that's crazy to think that there's any movies between this and the next one. Like, that there isn't just another Infinity War coming right after it. Yeah. Because, like, any movie that happens now is in this timeline right. where there are characters missing. Yeah. And it's a big deal. I'm interested to see Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, mm-hmm. how do they tackle that? Yeah. Um, then what, what movies do we have coming up? Yeah, so we'll, get, we'll actually get to that. I got I got those written down here. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll definitely touch on it. So Battle on Titan, uh, so he does He does end up getting a hold of the Time Stone, or a, a.k.a. the Eye, Eye of Agamotto, uh, in order to save Tony Stark. Uh, Doctor Strange gives this up, which he said he would not do. But here he is. But you know, at this point, though. Mercy. Yeah, but at this time, too, we also said... Uh, oh, the Doctor Strange's plan, whatever that is, right. is potentially in yeah. motion. So, uh, so the Battle on Titan... Um, so there's an incredible battle in Wakanda that happens here. We won't go too much into detail, but it involves... Awesome. Yeah. God. <laughs> uh, Bruce Banner is in the Hulkbuster armor. Uh, yes. We got, we got Black Panther, T'Challa. Uh, we have um, oh his commander, uh, Denai Guerrera, and her people like all fighting. Yep. We have... Uh, the general. Yeah. Uh, Mbaku is there with, with his guys. Yep. Um, it, it's just everyone. And then, and then of course... Uh, it's, uh, it's the reunion party we got of... Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier, yeah, yeah, and Captain America uh, are there as well. It's just yeah. and Winter Falcon. Soldier and Winter Soldier was there in Wakanda. That's, yeah, yeah, that was yeah. a big thing, right? Because like everyone's like, okay, well, wh- where did he go? Yeah, they were hiding him, yeah. and he was also Hid- um, was hiding like him rehab. in the city. It was like a rehab situation. Yeah, seemed like that. He's he's healing mentally from from his struggles, and then they call him the White Wolf. So yes. he has like a new name. Well, they're taking him away from what he was, and right. they're making him into something yeah, new. Which, yeah. of course, then when, whenever we do see, I think, I think, I honestly believe we're going to see Captain America die at some point soon. Yeah, I mean, I well, think, there's there's a lot of people who could take over the mantle. Well, it, it, it's going to be the uh, Winter Soldier. In yeah. Opinion. So they could almost do that in Avengers Four, and yeah. have Bucky take over the mantle. I think if it's gonna, I think if it's gonna happen, I think though, I think it's gonna be in a Captain America movie. Yeah. yeah. So you think they'll do a fourth one? Yeah. The last su- two were I'd, incredible. I'd be surprised if they didn't. I think that these—that's the thing—is I think these movies are here to stay. I yeah. don't think we're gonna. I don't think this is like a short run of movies. Yeah. I think this is like the movie version of comic books. They're just gonna keep coming. Right. The culmination up to this point is just incredible. So it'd be interesting to see if they end up in a phase five. Phase six, phase seven. Wouldn't surprise so, me. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think that this is going to ever end until it starts waning on profitability. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The reality of it is just that's the way it is. So speaking of the battle in Wakanda, what did you think of that battle? Oh, uh, visually fantastic. There's some things that happen in it that I think are very important uh, to pay attention to. They, this is where they really talk about how Vision's mind works, and they're trying to remove the stone from Vision. Yeah, these are some really finite details they're giving about yeah. how the stone connects and 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 the how the stone is actually made up. And the thing is, like, we see her trying to remove the stone mm-hmm. from Vision, mm-hmm. and she says, like, "Hey, this is gonna take some time, but I'm gonna try and get." She says it. that it has like a trillion connections. Yeah, at synapses underneath the stone, right? Right. Yeah. That like all this interaction going on. So she's trying to kind of like sear them in such a way that doesn't destroy Vision, being right. his own person. Uh, but still so they can get the stone out of him so that they can destroy it. Yeah. But uh, she doesn't finish it. She doesn't finish. 
But it's not fully interrupted in the sense that we see her do something mm-hmm. with uh, the computerization of what she's doing. Yeah. She rushes something. Something does get completed, and then she kind of throws it out of out of view. And when that happens, you have to think to yourself, okay, did she finish more than she's letting on at that point? Because her as a character is interrupted before she can tell anyone, hey, this is what I finished. Mm-hmm. And, of course, what we see happens to Vision later on, but we don't know if she didn't download Vision. Oh, into I see any, what you're getting at. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. there's anything that can withstand Vision's neural network yeah it's going to be wakanda yeah and shuri is many steps ahead of oh, everyone else everyone else. yeah technologically yeah. speaking so she might have been downloading concurrently with the work she was doing right interesting yeah. yeah yeah so there could be a mirror image of vision out there then which is cool so then he's had a chance to come back too or ultron yeah we could get ultron back. <laughs> i mean it could be that that could be the thing right if they try and bring back vision they might yeah. bring back the wrong parts of Vision. Well, they'll bring back at least parts of Ultron, right? Well, yeah, Ultron, I think, is going to be... He, I, I would be shocked if we did not see Ultron come back at some point. Yeah. Because he's a huge proponent in, like, Ant-Man, mm. too. Because, oh, really? Yeah. And there's the versions of where uh, Ultron's made by Ant-Man. Interesting. Yeah, in the, in the comics. there's uh, Scott Lang? Uh, yeah, but it's a different iteration. Oh, of, okay. Yeah, it's the more scientist version of Ant-Man. Okay, because the, 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 the version of Scott Lang we got is not... No, he's a thief. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he relies on Hank Pym for all the... Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, the battle in Wakanda happens. Uh, pretty incredible, pretty violent. We find out that the uh, the berserkers that are employed by uh, Proxima Midnight and Corvus Glaive and them uh, are actually so insane that they're trying to break through the Wakandan shield, uh, and it's literally searing them in half and searing limbs and off. And they don't care. And they don't care. Yeah. Because they know that if they weaken the shield enough, that some will get through. Yeah, it's like point. a swarm mentality. Yeah, absolutely yeah. incredible scene. Uh, the battle was just Intense. bonkers, man. Yeah. It was... So much going on. Man, it was uh, one of the best set set pieces in terms of action, in terms of a battle I've ever seen in sci-fi or, or fantasy or anything. Like, yeah. it was just so over the top. Uh, in a good way. So, oh, yeah. In a good way, yeah. yeah. Every, everyone played a role in the battle. Even Rhodey was there as War Machine. Yeah, or, he did a lot of damage. Yeah, yeah. So, so he did a lot of damage. He's dropping like what looked like napalm on these creatures and just it's everything. Well, oh, that's the thing is, he's nuts. his suit's just loaded up to, yeah. like, the, to the gills with yeah. so many different armaments. Right, and uh, then uh, and it shows uh, Captain America. I mean, he has his two smaller shields, and he's just they're like like yeah, they're like moon shields in the sense that like they're. They are slices. Right. It's like pizza. Yeah. It's like yeah. He's fighting with pizza slices on his arms. And, and they're presumably made of vibranium. So they're doing some serious um, damage to yeah. these creatures. Yeah. And that's that was the thing too. I was I was kinda hoping we were gonna see Captain America's shield return. Yeah. Because they have the access to vibranium now. Yeah. And uh we don't really though. We get oh. this like we get the darker version of of Captain America who's not He's not Captain America technically right now. No, he's not. Because he's, he's actually not. excommunicated. Yeah, he's he? just Steve Rogers at this yeah. point. So what she says when they have that exchange with Groot. So Groot, Thor, uh, who has his new his new axe, his new weapon, show up along with Rocket. Yep. And then Steve Rogers at one point in the battle looks over and Teenage Groot is there. And he says, I am Groot. And he says, I am Steve Rogers. <laughs> it's yeah. this really goofy moment right in the middle <laughs> of the battle. Pretty hilarious, man. Yeah, Groot was yeah fantastic. So end of the battle. So so they basically win. The berserkers are defeated. What'd you just think of? Oh man, sorry. I just thought of uh, when Thor got his new eye. Oh yeah. <laughs> Rocket right. gives him a cybernetic eye. Yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, you might want to wash that. Like as he's putting it in. Yeah, yeah as he's, he's like, oh, he's like, I had to smuggle that up my ass. And yeah, yeah. Through customs. <laughs> oh man. There's there was some uh, really good exchanges between Rocket and uh, and Thor. It was yeah. really really good, really good. Um, <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention too, Peter Dinklage. 
A.K.A. As, Tyrion as, Lannister made yeah, an appearance. Yep, yeah, as the uh, last dwarf of the Forge, which was amazing because he is uh, a little person who uh, is bigger than everybody yeah, in this movie. He's he's like 20 feet tall, Yeah, so it, it so was like, hilarious. Yeah, arguing on the adage of dwarves being the smaller species. Which is what I expected and, like, yeah, when like they were in, talking about right, it. Right, in any lore, like you think of Lord of the Rings, dwarves are short shorter stockier stockier yeah like individuals and and you get this character who's fits the description but not the scale right um he looks like a dwarf He's yeah yeah massive. if you saw if you saw him yeah. next to somebody larger you'd be like yeah okay fine but like he because he fills out all of that uh physical description of a dwarf but is not which is uh, and of course it's a it's a joke of course yeah yeah it's, it's it was, a complete it's a complete shout out to, but it was uh, to him yes yeah. but i think that it was well done yeah yeah, yeah. so Pretty credible. Love Peter Dinklage. I was glad to see him in this, even if it was just a limited role. But yeah, uh, he did a great job, of course. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. He, he does a great job in, in everything he does that I've seen. So Battle on Wakanda uh, culminates in the Vision battling uh, Corvus Glaive. Uh, he's getting basically defeated by Corvus Glaive until Captain America shows back up. Proxima Midnight is defeated. Cold Obsidian's defeated. So basically all of the children of Thanos are defeated at this point. Yep. It was actually Bruce Banner in, in the Hulkbuster armor that killed uh, Cold Obsidian, the big one, yeah. the Hulk type guy. Um, and then uh, and the Thanos shows up, the big man himself. Yeah. So armed with five out of six of the stones, uh, including the time stone now, which he got from Doctor Strange. Uh, he confronts Wanda and the Vision. Yep. While Wanda's trying to rip the stone out of Vision's head, Vision finally convinced her to kill him by removing the stone. Uh, to try and save the the you know half the universe, she is successful. So yeah. we see the Vision die, right? <laughs> so in see, brutal yes. fashion. We see him die, killed by his loved one. Yep. And yeah, like exactly as you described, brutal fashion. Yeah. And then uh, Thanos walks up, and you're like, okay, this is the end. And then of course it dawns on you, oh wait, he's, he's got, got the, the time, time stone. stone. <laughs> so what do you do? Rewinds time and kills Vision in front of her again. Yeah. <laughs> Just brutal. So, so yeah, and then his version of killing the Vision is just to grab him and just rip the stone out of his head using his fingers. Yeah, which so. which looks haunting. When yeah, you see it's it happen, brutal. Because you see it's inside brutal. Vision's head, too. Like, and it's, yeah, Ugh. he leaves a big dent, a big empty dent in there. It's, yeah. uh, it's pretty disturbing. He infuses the final stone, the mind stone, into the gauntlet, and then he obviously has his power. It's about this time that Thor shows up, who's completely at max power at this yeah, point. Like, like he's just destroying everything in his path at this point. He shows up, tosses the axe at, at Thanos. Thanos cannot stop the axe, and it actually plunges right into Thanos. And then Thanos delivers, like, the best line from, like, a villain in that situation, yeah. which is, like, should have gone for the head. Yep. And it snaps <laughs> and his it's fingers. Snapped, and then it happens, <laughs> And then it happens, right? yeah. So the calling happens. And, and the movie, it takes a minute for the movie to sort of allude to it, and then, and then uh, you start to see characters... Die it off. <laughs> so, they just die. Yeah. I and, think uh, and the most heart-wrenching ones, I'd have to say, obviously, Spider-Man, who doesn't understand what's going on. Right. Uh, as he's trying to talk to Tony. Yeah. And Tony's going, like, totally... It was painful seeing him go. Well, well, that's the other thing, too, is Tony, at this point, is trying to protect everybody, and now he's helpless watching this kid who's trying to be, like, a hero and sees him as a hero, and he can't do anything to stop it. Right. So he goes... And then, of course, the one that killed me was uh, Rocket looking at Groot as Groot oh, starts Oh, I know. Oh, so brutal. And it so was like, brutal. Oh, so we man. see, in no particular order, uh, we instantly lose Bucky. Uh, so he might have been the first to fall over right in front of Cap. And one of them, yep. Falcon. Falcon goes. Uh, Wanda, very shortly after. Groot, like you were saying. T'Challa. 
Black Panther. Gone. So yeah. the, the property that is now the hero with the largest uh, solo hero film take in the entire Marvel comic or Marvel yes. Cinematic Universe, they kill him. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just shocking. It was Wakanda shocking forever. To see. Wakanda for two months. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh so Chichella's gone. Peter Parker is Spider Man, which was which was heartbreaking to see because he, this is he's a kid. He's yeah. a kid and he doesn't understand what's going on or why. And then and then he's gone. And then uh Star Lord, Drax, Mantis, and then finally Doctor Strange. All the Guardians. Yeah. yeah, how are they gonna make Guardian Three without first reversing this? All they have left is Rocket. Rocket and Mantis. And, and then, uh, and before Doctor Strange goes, Tony Stark runs up to him, and and Doctor Strange has a very telling line. He says, "This was the only way." Or yeah, and that yeah, had to be done, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then he drifts off too. Uh, in the after credit sequence, we also see that Nick Fury and Agent Maria Hill, aka Kobe Smolders, uh, also yep. die as well, uh, <laughs> which which was pretty shocking. But they, not, they not... need to do more crossover with that. With yeah, they Shield, should with agents from Shield, like. I would love to see Quake show up on a battlefield mm-hmm. at some point next mm-hmm. to like Iron Man and, and all that. Yeah, I, I think they should do more tie-ins. Uh, I mean, we'd also. Get... I think Agents of Shield was the closest to the Avengers storyline. Yeah, because they, the the movies directly affect right their world. So I mean, and then, of course, in Agents of Shield we have Quake and uh, the Robbie Reyes version of Ghost Rider, which if you haven't caught up on that yet, oh, I haven't seen it. Oh, that's man. awesome. You have. I didn't know that. Oh, they have Ghost Rider in it too. Oh, for all, all season, I think it's four. Ghost yeah. Rider is Marvel Cinematic Universe canon now. Yes, that's. Great. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I gotta see it. Oh, you have to. Yeah, is it on, I wonder if it's on Netflix. I'll have to check. Not so. Canadian Netflix. Or we'll download <laughs> it completely legally. Yes. <laughs> so uh, you can also buy it. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I'll look into buying it. So yeah, everyone's dead. At the end, uh, Thanos does exactly like you mentioned what he said he was going to do. He looks over the sunset or the sunrise happening over a I, universe that should be thankful to him, but I don't think anyone seems from particularly his point of view. thankful. Yeah, yeah, pretty brutal, pretty brutal. Yeah. Uh, I and, and I think there's a case to be made that Thanos was actually among the victims of the culling that he caused. Uh, it was. So uh, I'm just thinking it's possible. We didn't see him though. That's that's one of the well, we didn't we didn't see him, but we did see him in uh, briefly in the land of the dead or inside the soul stone where he meets young Gamora, right? He has some sort of vision right. about that. He does, yeah. And then and then at the end it shows him in this very serene, peaceful place on on this mountain, uh, looking at the sunrise. Right. Uh, I think there's actually a good case to be made, and I've seen it online. Uh, in the aftermath of this, people are saying, well, a lot of people are pro- like proponents of the fact that they think Thanos actually did die. Uh, because obviously the culling is supposed to be random, uh, rich, poor, him, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, uh, it would make sense. It would make sense. Yeah. Like maybe that's his version of the afterlife is seeing that sunrise. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I necessarily hundred percent agree with it only because like, who are they going to have to fight in Avengers four then? If not Thanos, maybe it's not that maybe it's them trying to, maybe like, is it like, are the infinity stones like the dragon balls where they just like <laughs> fire back out? Get us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it did uh, show the Infinity Gauntlet after the culling, after he snapped his fingers, and it looked like it was burnt out or something. Sort of yeah. like its power had been used. Um, so it'll be. And he, he was not wearing it uh, in the final sequence where they showed him. He wasn't, was he? No. Wow, so, that makes a really big argument for he may not just be around anymore. Right. So Plus, I, how did he get there? Exactly. There's no way they would have just let him walk. So, because if the he could have used the space stone to do his transport thing, like he had been doing. But if the gauntlet burnt out, yeah, yeah, 
So definitely a case to be made that he did not make it to the calling, which would be like the ultimate. Which I would like, yeah. actually. <laughs> the villain's plan to kill half the universe right. ended with them dying too. But I mean, they, I think that he would be able to make peace with that. He'd be like, I think yeah. so. He'd be like, all right, that makes sense. Yeah, it was part of his plan all along anyway. Yeah. So you could, it's, if it's randomized, you could be the one who dies then. He definitely would have known that going in. Yeah, we see at the end Agent Maria Hill and Nick Fury, and Nick Fury in his sort of dying pager. breath. Yeah, he <laughs> tags someone on a pager, and that person is apparently Captain Marvel. Yes. Yep. So Carol Danvers, uh, who we are going to meet very soon in March, as a matter of fact. Yeah. In the nineties. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so being filmed as a, as a prequel. Yeah, which uh, we only see a few of those. <laughs> coming along but you know this is a perfect time for them to expand the universe to include other characters mm. this would be the great time for them to rehash what they need to for x-men mm. to bring them into the fold captain marvel of course yeah but we could also start seeing a lot of like the lesser well characters. adam warlock they have to do i mean if they're do if they're going any further with guardians they have to do adam warlock yeah i could see warlock showing up that might be part of it where warlock gets the stone that he needs yeah um, we could also see, I mean, there's so many villains too that can just kind of show up in the interim. I mean, we haven't seen Mysterio. Yeah. I'm trying to think too, the, the, um, well, so many characters in Spider-Man haven't, yeah. haven't made it to be yet, but I'm also thinking about, um, I mean, Venom's being made. Ven- Venom is made. Yep. Sony studios film. And then, uh, I'm even thinking of other characters who would tie also in with X-Men characters like Sentry. A lot of characters they just haven't touched on at all. Yeah, because so. the the last Spider-Man movie was still a Sony movie, right? But the actor is shared. Right, right. So, so I mean, I'm wondering they just, if they that's, gave them... I wonder if that's the thing going forward though. That's maybe they've now paved that bridge, and so now we might start seeing like we may have Venom. We'll know for sure if Tom Holland's in Venom this fall. Yeah. So it's rumored that he's supposed to make an appearance in it. He should. Yeah, I I don't know that I don't know how Venom would model a suit well, after Spider-Man if there's no uh, Spider-Man. Wait a second. Spider-Man's gone, though. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. So, because in the in the Venom trailer, they show him using his tendrils, but they don't show any webbing, and they also don't show his chest to show if there's a spider symbol on it. Because the original the original Venom costume had the, had the white spider symbol that stretched all the way around. Interesting. It'll be neat to see. It'll yeah, be, it'll be neat to see. There's a lot of details that are happening that are fairly incongruous, so I'm curious uh, how they're going to start knitting it all back together now. I think they basically used Infinity War to deconstruct everything they've already done, uh, and they did it more ways than one. They did it in terms of you know deconstructing storylines or where we thought they were headed. They did it in terms of deconstructing their formula of the hero always winning in the end yeah. somehow, right, pulling it off. Uh, they deconstructed it in so much as killing off a bunch of characters who we've grown to know and love. Yeah, who made this? Ryan Johnson? Yeah, exactly, right? And, and then, yeah, why are people angrier? I don't know. No, uh, well, I think that people know that they're coming back, whereas Star yeah. Wars is not the case. And then, yeah, this is true. And then, uh, and they also deconstructed it in that they created a villain that, you know, we can understand has a different kind of motivation than the average villain, right? He's the, it's not just to dominate. He thought he was actually doing something to benefit the universe at large. Yeah. Right. And then, and then he also had different motivations for different actions. He wasn't always motivated by the same thing. He raised Gamora because apparently he loved her. Yeah. That's such a weird thing too. I mean, what do you label that? Cause you label a character that's a hero that does darker things as an anti-hero. Mm-hmm. So what is that? An anti-villain? Anti-villain. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Cause that anti-villain, what? That's just a hero. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. 
It's crazy. It's crazy. So <laughs> it, it takes away from the whole black and white argument, puts it more into the sphere of gray. But I think the argument against this explosion of super, superhero movies is that people who are not proponents of the movies do see them as very black and white, right? So it is always just about good versus evil, origin story, you know, someone coming from nothing and then and then beating a bad guy of some sort. And right. then this completely and utterly what just deconstructed it. it. Yeah. 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 No, it's good. So definitely, definitely a good way to go for the genre, I think. So bringing the characters back was next in my notes. Uh, I think they'll probably do it for the most part in their own movies, is what I'm thinking. So in Guardians, it's Nebula and Rocket trying to find a way to bring back uh, Gamora, Quill, Drax, Mantis, uh, and Groot in did some we, did, fashion. Did Mantis go as well? Mantis is also dead. So Mantis is dead, okay. Yep. Nebula and Rocket would be the only two surviving members of the Guardians crew. Yeah. So presumably Adam Warlock will be mixed in there. Well, uh, Thor might be. Thor, Thor might be as well. Yeah. I could see Thor working with Rocket. Oh, yeah, because they already teamed up, and yeah. Thor survived. So, so that might be that might be telltale. I would love to see some more overpowered Thor. That would be great. Yeah. Well, Thor's a lot better than what he was. Yeah. Like, he's kind of coming to his own. Um, but I'm wondering, how far back are they going to reverse the damage? Because if it's just the calling, then Gamora's gone. Uh, who else? Loki's gone. Uh, Presumably, they'll just try to take it back to a point in time in which Thanos doesn't yet have an Infinity Stone. I'm wondering if that's the case. So then then the final battle's on Xandar and they're trying to stop it. That's what I'm thinking is going to be the case, where they're going to team up with the Nova Corps um, and it'll be like a timeline switch where they stop that timeline Mm -hmm. from happening. And there's also a character called Nova. I don't know much about him, but he's some sort of Superman-like overpowered character who fights with the Nova Corps, doesn't he? I don't know. Yeah, I'd have to I'll look be, it up. I'll be honest, that section of the comics I'm yeah. not Yeah, well, I didn't read Guardians of the Galaxy. I was just doing some research before this. But yeah, there's there's a lot of characters who could or should show up, potentially. So I would like to see more um, characters, especially like the, the smaller ones that they can kind of take and then push them into the light and, and enhance them, right? Because there's like a lot of characters that they've pulled that are not necessarily like huge, stable characters. Like, I mean, even Black Panther wasn't huge really until the movie. Yeah, and then now he's their single well, biggest solo from, property. From my perspective, at least, as like because I like not a huge person in comics. I have I dabble here and there, mm. but um, like no, I would never be on par with like an actual comic fan. So they would totally decimate me in any of these arguments. And feel free to you can always write into yeah. us. Let oh, us yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> adage is still true. We are almost always certainly wrong. On everything we say. Yeah, yeah. Message us on the on the Rona Geek Facebook page if, <laughs> if if you if you have some uh, beef with something we've said, and we will definitely correct it uh, in the future, hundred percent. Yeah. The movies currently in production. They have Captain Marvel uh, coming out in March next year. So that's March third, twenty nineteen. It's currently in production. Uh, Guardians three is shooting in twenty nineteen. Pratt recently confirmed this in a, in a message, a Twitter message you sent to Palm Clemente, who plays uh, Mantis. So yeah. that's a real thing. And then uh, Spider-Man 2 is also confirmed, uh, but will hit theaters after Avengers 4, uh, which happens next May. So in March... Oh, so it's like a year. Yeah. So in March, we're supposed to get Captain Marvel. Two months after that, we're supposed to get Avengers. Oh, wow. Two months span, eh? Yeah. Similar, it's going to be similar to, like, to Black yeah, Black Panther and Avengers 3. And then uh, and so Avengers 4 may not yet have Peter Parker, or they bring him back, right? So there's also a theory floating around online that Peter Parker does not come back, and they use Miles Morales. I think that is definitely not going to happen i don't see marvel taking that route Miles not yet anyway Morales. he plays a sort of i guess hispanic take on suit on spider-man in the comics you know what no i could see it happening well think about it right if spider-man's left all of his stuff behind mm-hmm. 
uh, somebody might take up the mantle of Spider-Man in his absence. While he's gone. Oh. Yeah, and then we may end up in a universe where there's not just He one does wear a very different costume and stuff, so. Well, there's, yeah, there's also, there's uh, multi-dimensions where there's different Spider-Men. Sure. Uh, uh, we have the one animation coming out yeah. uh, for Spider-Man, yeah. which is not. There's 2099. Marker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's um, there's a couple of things where Spider-Man actually is a multitude of people. Mm. Uh, it's not just one person. That yeah. Is Spider-Man. There's also like a Gwen Stacy spider at some point, spider person at some point. Yep. There's also uh, Man Spider, <laughs> who's yes. Peter Parker, but he's turned into a spider. No, but the, anthropomorphic did it, did it man. Also become something else though. Like it, Parker had it for a bit, and then also got made as another character. I thought. Oh really? I don't know. There's so many iterations. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I get mixed up. At, at one point, Doctor Octopus takes up the mantle of Spider-Man. I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, Doctor Octopus becomes Spider-Man at some point because there is no Peter Parker for a time, and he's obsessed with him. I want. Oh, that would be a great intro for <laughs> a Doc Ock character. Are you kidding me? That would be so funny. Oh, uh, I would kill for that. It would be awesome. I always thought uh, Doc Ock was a fun character. So the Miles Morales theory is floating around out there for Homecoming 2. Uh, Ant-Man will be out later in the summer next year, so I believe it comes out in September next year. Um, that's that's a weird one. I would, like I said, I was not a huge fan of the first Ant-Man movie. I would love to see them do a good job on the second one. Yeah, a lot of people are psyched about it. Though. Yeah, hopefully. Well, I'm actually excited that like after seeing the Avengers, they're going to step back and show something in scope that's a little more consumable, right? And it doesn't yeah. doesn't completely annihilate I think, us. I think, upon that's, viewing. I think that's what's going to be though. I think we're going to see a lull in in like a wider scope. It's mm-hmm. going to be a lot more narrow, much more granular stories now yeah. for a little bit. And then it, when the next Avengers movie hits next year, uh, it's going to explode again. And then uh, everything will kind of get wrapped up nice, neat in a bow mm-hmm. with some tail end of, okay, there's going to be obviously another Yeah, you're right, because that. because Captain Marvel is set in the 90s and she's fighting the scrolls. Yeah. So the scrolls are going to be in it. So so they are definitely taking a step back and going back to a more classic formula for the next couple films, at least. Yeah, which will be nice. I think that that's going to be like a nice relaxing period as we kind of build up the hype for the next movie, which will almost certainly not meet the hype. And then, um, <laughs> so it does, though. I think there's, uh, the writers are also saying, so the writers of Infinity War have come out and said that they, that the deaths are permanent. Uh, but that I'm thinking that's either a patently false because they don't write all the MCU films or b not an untruth as far as the Avengers storytelling goes. Um, so because they could bring them back. So maybe they are absolutely dead for now <laughs> so which yeah. is the way comics usually go tongue-in-cheek that is a stupid way of putting it like yeah it's so obvious that there's something there that's not true yeah they're either they're either being like genuinely mean-spirited or or just misleading right because they no, want people misleading. to go and see Avengers i would 4. say it's yeah. i'm gonna say it's misleading i think it's gonna be either a um they're gonna stop it before it happens timeline there's gonna be a timeline thing mm-hmm. where maybe the original timeline they actually did die, but in this new timeline, they save it. And they just go, yeah, this is the timeline we're following now. Yeah, sure, no big, why not? No big deal. Yeah. Don't worry about it. You didn't notice any difference, did you? Yeah. How about uh, the last thing I have here? And this is serious, man. This is probably the most serious topic I've covered on this one. Uh, where the hell was Hawkeye? Probably at home with his kids. What a bum. <laughs> what a bum, right? Look, all I know is this. They did not defeat Thanos, and Hawkeye was not there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. All I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, maybe they could have used the guy who was shooting arrows. I don't know. It's possible. Yeah, definitely it possible. Could have been it. Could've, yeah, it could have been the last. They could have. <laughs> could have been the linchpin in the whole thing. Ant Man wasn't there either, man. He wasn't there, but he's in jail, so he has a reason. Yeah, but he come in the Thanos' ear and just expanded, and boom, boom, 
blown his head right off. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been gruesome. Oh, my God. And then he could have made himself bigger, and he could have used the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, why not? Oh, my God. We missed out, man. Yeah. We missed out big time. I would actually, you know what? I would actually be super psyched if what they did was they did do that timeline thing where they have this, their way of fixing things is, hey, it's another dimension running parallel. Uh, We stopped Thanos. And everything's like, yay, we stopped Thanos. What could possibly be wrong? And then we have characters from the dimension that we've been watching that kind of go really dark because they've lost all their loved ones and then now try and invade. Oh, that would be great. You get this like darker versions of characters that survived the the original War Thanos. So, because presumably what they're showing us is versions of characters from Earth 616. Right, so that's that's what this is all about in, in, in the yeah. Marvel Cinematic Universe. There are so many iterations uh, uh, that they could take on characters regarding even, not just the comics, but where they could take them in the movies as well yeah. uh, as a separate timeline. But yeah, overall, man, uh, Avengers 4, uh, I'm sorry, Avengers 3, uh, Infinity War, mind-blowing. Uh, absolutely Great. incredible achievement. Uh, yeah, because nothing, nothing's ever had so many lead-up movies going to one movie. Right. And, like, right. one moment in time where, like, that, that build-up is epic. It's a culmination of literally billions of dollars of development and years uh, tens of thousands of people being involved in creating these films yes. years uh, of entertainment and, and and memories it's it's just incredible that uh they've actually done this it, it's even it's even to a greater extent uh you know than than something like you know almost like star wars you know what i mean so it's it's definitely no, yeah. getting there no, no so. i would i would argue that it's uh it would definitely yeah no i would say it's bigger than star wars in yeah. that sense yeah um, I'm hoping that Star Wars is also going that path, and it looks that way. Yes, yeah, because um, they're doing the side movies and really fleshing out the characters. I hope yeah. that they stabilize their vision yeah. for Star Wars. Yeah, That's me it. too, me too. Like I said, that's something that we keep hint- hinting at my anger for that. Not anger, that's not true. That's not true. Because I, cause I, it's nothing but love. Yeah. But there are certain things, I think, that... Well, it's the whole reason why a lot of people begin to waste it, but we should touch on it at some yeah. point. Yeah. Okay. So next week, next all week? about uh, next week, all about we'll we'll actually do it. Just to, we'll call it a special leading up to Han Solo, uh, and we'll touch on maybe the Han Solo film and and the sort of theories surrounding yeah, that's that. Cool. That's cool but too. also maybe we'll do a talk or sort of a, a brief review similar to what we did for the um, the Marvel yeah. films, but only for the newer Star Wars films. So, meaning, well, I think, yeah, I think we should like Force we, Awakens, Rogue yeah, One. Yeah, because I think like the other ones are kind of far beyond seen. I mean, we should touch on certain elements of them. Sure. And then, uh, yeah, we'll cover the uh, the new Star Wars movies leading up to what we now have as Solo. Even though it's not like a timeline wise, Solo happens mm-hmm. obviously before. Sure. A lot of the movies that we've seen. Sure. Um, but it it's good to know kind of the greater scheme of what's going on, um, and the direction of star wars as a franchise yeah i think you're right in the trying to make a cinematic universe that's not dissimilar from marvel yeah right? I, mean, I think, I think that's an accurate assessment so yeah because cool. they've got so many plans for star wars now mm. and it's it's too big of an intel, uh, intellectual property for them to just let die oh, obviously yeah, yeah so it's Biggest not ever no yeah it's gonna go in and star wars i think is gonna be a consistent thing in our lives until it absolutely tanks i hope so man i hope so yeah i'll be there until it tanks all right so that's it for ronan geek official podcast for this week so thank yeah. you rob for joining and uh and this is us signing off yeah no it's good see you guys next week